all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hey. Salvation. 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 I got a special bulletin. I got a personal request. From who? <laughs> Myself. Salvation. Is the way to get saved today is just believing in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Is that the way to be truly saved today? That answer is coming up. But could there be some way that even when a person say they believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, they're not accepted and they're not saved. Wow, that sounds confusing. Confusing, but it happens daily. And it's truth. Is it a way that you can believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? According to the scriptures, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4, and really not be saved, even though it says you can be saved. That's confusing, Joe. You have to break that down, man. What are you talking about? Are you saying the Bible is contradicting itself? No. But maybe the issue is not with the Bible, but it's with our belief. Let's get into that. This is a special bulletin, a very special bulletin. Este o bulletin especial. And I want to talk about this. Um, this is a very important subject I want to talk about. Maybe it's one of the most important subjects or any type of... Um, topic you can talk about in life in general and even in the Bible is your soul salvation. Let's get into this about 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4 is the gospel of our salvation. But I'm not going to go there. I want to go to Ephesians 1 and 13, but we're going to start at Ephesians 12. This is a special bulletin. This is a special quick topic that I want to talk about. And I'm going to do this in the future. I'm going to be talking, I'm going to be uh, getting into certain verses pertaining to certain topics and try to break it down what these verses are saying. So what verse I'm going to start with today, and then I'll get into others in the future, will be Ephesians 1 and 13, which coincides with 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. You can say, how's that, Joe? Let me get into that. And this got to do with salvation. It's got to do with belief, okay? This is Joseph Brownlee, 
Hello everyone, this is Body of Christ Real Talk Topic and Bulletin of the Day. Body of Christ Real Talk Topic of the Day. Belief and Salvation, True Salvation. Salvation, the only way to be saved today. We're going to get into that because I think that is one of the most important topics that when it comes to us believers, when we're going out there and we're telling someone about Jesus. And if you are unsaved or unbeliever, I want you to tune into this because this, this will help you out as well. Because people growing up, even myself, heard uh, different ways how to be saved. You know, I grew up in a uh, the Church of God in Christ, uh, a Pentecostal church, Holiness Church, uh, Church of God in Christ. And I heard many ways to be saved. And it was basically repent, you know, uh, which which then repent was believed to be uh, stopping your sins or turning away from your sins. Uh According to the Bible, repent is meaning just change your mind. You're repenting. you repenting and changing your mind about something. That's the true definition of the word repent or repentance. You have a repentant heart. If you have a repentant heart, it does not mean you're stopping your sinning. Now, it's good to try to work on that, but you'll never completely stop sinning. You might be, you might do well in other sins compared to uh, others, you know. But if you want, if you're trying to repent, Far stop sinning, period. There's no such thing. No man or woman can do that because we live in this sinful nature. We live in this body and we will never be sinless. First of all, we will never be sinless. So something had to be has something had to be taken care of. God had to do something. With all his wisdom and all his knowledge, thank God that he made a way. For wretches, as Paul said in this word, a wretch like me and you. You don't think you ain't a wretch either. A wretch like you. He had to take care of that sin problem. Not deliver us from the sin nature as of yet, but he had to get that sin, that penalty of sin out the way before the doors can be clear for us to be saved. He had to do that first. This is very important what I'm talking about. And I'm talking to the saved, to the saved, and the unsaved. But I want the unsaved to listen to this because I know if you was brought up in a church like me and maybe a lot of others, we was told always we have to stop sinning. We have to confess our sins. We have to repent and uh, stop our sins before we can be saved. So that type of teaching left me and maybe Thousands and thousands and maybe millions of others believe in the only thing that's stopping us from being saved is our sins. That's the traditional denominational way of salvation. Now, a lot of that also is because we was taught that way. It's not because we so much read it out of the Bible. You know, let me say that again. It wasn't so much because we read it out of the Bible. It was just we was taught or we was coerced to believe this what certain scriptures in the Bible were saying, especially pertaining to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the book of Acts. 
repent. John the Baptist came and talking about repent. Jesus told his, Jesus talked about repent. Jesus told his twelve disciples about repentance. Go out to the word repent and be baptized in water for the remission of sins. So it was a thing they had to do. They had a conditional thing they had to do. They had to repent, change their mind. They had to change their heart. They had to be baptized in water for the remission of sins. Later on down the line, they had the, uh, you know, after the day of Pentecost, they was filled with the Holy Spirit. They had the gift of tongues, tongues, many languages. The languages was used to go out to the different nations to bring other scattered Jews in, in those nations' languages. That's all tongues is talking about. And that context is all about context is languages. Not a lot of gibberish. Not a lot of, uh, I'm going to shaka takala la your mama and all that stuff, whatever they be saying. It's, all, it was always about languages, okay? I'm not here to talk about tongues, okay? I'm here to just try to get an understanding. I'm trying to uh, explain how a person can really be saved because a lot of people really don't know how to be saved. If I ask a person, are you saved? And a lot of people in the church will say yes, if they're honest, now, I'm talking about the ones that go to church. They will say honest. And if, I, and if I ask you how you know you saved or how did you get saved, they will come with different answers to me of how they got saved. You know, different answers. Uh, they got water baptized. They went to church. They repented of all their sins, which is untrue. Nobody can repent of all their sins, like I said earlier. They would say different things like that. They went up to the altar or they confessed their sins or they made Jesus the Lord of their life. And they are sincere. They, they, they really believe they're saved based on that. Now, is that biblical? Is that biblical? Let's go on the order I just said. Some said that they got baptized. Someone put baptism, and they baptism. Uh, many believe that the water baptism cleansed them. It's, it's a cleansing. Many believe that because we was brought up that way. You know, some out of ignorance, and some for whatever reason, we was taught that way to be baptized in water. To confess our sins, to go to the altar, whatever your altar is, mainly it always had to be in the church back in the day. And I'm just going to speak with me. Back in the day, we didn't, they didn't talk about you can do it at home. It always, always had to be at the church and the pastor had to be there or whatever like that. I remember that a little bit. And you just said, Lord, I'm tired of living like the way I'm living. Please forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from my sins. Or in other words, I repent. That's when we all believe that repent means stop sinning. We have to give up our sins. You know, the old school Pentecostal way of you know, of being saved. Some people will call it the sinner's prayer. We have to say a sinner's prayer. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me for all the sins that I have done. Come into my heart. That's the that's kind of like uh, inviting the Lord into your heart for salvation. Okay. Let's talk about this first. Uh, myths that has some truth and other dispensations, but let's let's talk about the myth of salvation. Now, I'm not claiming I know everything, but one thing I do know is about salvation is how to be saved, because it's not hard to know how to be saved. It's all about your belief, but I'm going to get into that. One of the myths of being saved, or how to be saved today, because this is very important, is that you have to be baptized in water to be truly saved. 
myth. That's a myth. Now, I'm going to tell you why it's a myth for today. Because it's not because it wasn't required. It, it's not because it was never, let me put it this way, it was never required for uh, a person to do, and put emphasis on person or people. It was required for a certain group of people, first of all, which was Israel. Okay, which was the Jews, Israel. Back in time past, it was under their covenant. They had to be baptized. Even before, you know, the kingdom program, uh, back in the Old Testament, under the law, the priests had to do a cleansing in water. And most of it was, believe it or not, it wasn't so much immersing. It was mostly sprinkling or whatever like that. I'm not saying they never immersed, but it was mostly sprinkling because it was a ritual. It wasn't going to cleanse you, but it was just a symbol or a ritual. They had to do the Levitical priest and everything. It wasn't because of the languages. Uh, they just called it a cleansing in water. But today it was a baptism when it came into the Greek and the language changed, I believe, to the Greek. It became mostly you heard the word baptism, which means the same thing what they was doing back then for the cleansing. But they just didn't really mention baptism. Baptism was mostly mentioned when uh mostly in the, when it came to the uh the ministry of John the Baptist and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the term baptism was mentioned. So it was required for a certain group for salvation. That was one of the conditions they had to do. The Israelites was future priests. That was like a spiritual atonement for them to go out to us Gentiles. So baptism was required then. But I'm not talking about baptism. I'm going to get to salvation, okay? Another thing was repentance. Repent, repentance, yes, that's in the Bible. That is true. Repentance was required, but it was, requ it was required for Israel Again, under their kingdom program. I'm putting emphasis on kingdom program. Now, this is not connecting the dots. This is this. I'm, just, I'm trying to make this as plain as I can. And this is not an all deep Bible study. But I'm gonna do. I want to. I'm gonna do different teachings on connecting the dots. Me and others, and I'm gonna have this audio guest. But I'm just trying to get this salvation very basic for the un, for the unsaved and for the believers that go out and witness to people and how to witness. We need to know how to witness, and people, the ones that's listening now, can hear this, and now they know they have a more freer way of being saved. That was never really explained to them. Probably not this way, and uh, so. Repentance, excuse me, repentance, always remember, repentance means just a change of heart. It said God repented. Now, you know God never repented of his sins when the Bible talked about God repented. That means God changed his mind. There's many, uh, many, uh, many verses in the Bible that I don't, ha I don't have all uh, with me right now that explains the definition of repentance. Or you can look in the old English uh, language in the Webster uh, 1800s that break down repentance. It, it, it always depends on the content, the context and the situation when that word is used, repent. But basically, when it comes down to what Israel had to do, they had to repent for the remission of sins. Repent for the remission of sins. Israel sins, they had to repent of the remission of sins. They had their sin cleansing 
came or is coming in the future. It was it was future tense, not like today, the body of Christ. Their salvation was future tense when it came for the remission of sins, the cleansing of their sins. So they had to be baptized in water. It was symbolic for the remission of their sins, okay? That was going through uh, John the Baptist and Jesus' earlier ministry. Now the Holy Ghost didn't come down as of yet. Then... Going down the line, before Jesus uh, was crucified on the cross, he told in Mark 16, I think 16 and 16, he told his disciples what they must do. Go out and go out to Judea, Israel, go out to Judea, Samaria, and all the other, then the uttermost parts of the world. Read those scriptures. Matter of fact, let's go there. Okay, let's go there. Because this is, this is, this is a little, a quick body of Christ Bible study. Let's go to uh, Mark now. So I won't misquote God's word. And I want the unsaved to know where I'm going with this. Okay, let's go to the last chapter of Mark. All right. And this is, I'm quoting, this is the word of God, Mark 16 and 15. And he said unto them, which is Jesus, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, what gospel, you know, He's talking about preaching. First, it's the kingdom gospel, the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Now, remember, that's the gospel that's being preached. This was a requirement that he needed, to, that the Jews or the 12 he was talking to, he wasn't talking to all of Israel. He was talking to the 12 to go out into the world and preach this gospel. So what gospel? Remember this, first of all, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven is the gospel he's talking about, okay? Not the gospel of the grace of God. Remember, this is another dispensation. This is another ministry administration. This is the kingdom program, not the grace program. This is the law program. This is not the grace program. So remember this. This is law. When you read the Bible, when you read Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, always remember you're reading Old Testament still. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday there's only one road into key west but you won't believe where it can take you travel back in time to a city rich with history discover amazing artists and musicians taste seafood fresh off the boat or just kick back and soak up the island vibe for more about key west visit flakeys.com key west close to perfect far from normal the law. It's not reading a New Testament. Man made that. that you know, I'm going to give you some history of why the, uh, the letters are read in the Bible, uh, King James Bible, and why they split up the New Testament from the Old Testament. It's not accurate, but I'm not going to get into that and confuse you. That's that's connecting the dot stuff. I just want to read this to you. Remember, this is the kingdom gospel they're talking about. And he said it to them. I mean, Jesus is talking about. This is Jesus speaking. This is context. Now, who Jesus is talking to? He's talking to the 12 disciples. He's going to send them out. He said it to them. Go ye into the world and preach the gospel. Now, the whole world, but he'll go and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, let's put emphasis on world. You know what the world means. He that believeth 
and is baptized shall be saved. Listen to that. He that believeth. Who is he? The world. He that believeth. Believe what? That Jesus is king. That Jesus is the Messiah. That Jesus is their savior. He's their Messiah. He's their king. Remember, he, this is the kingdom program. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Okay? You still have to believe. But what you have to do with it, you have to be baptized. Now, as many baptisms, you must put emphasis on what baptism? This is water. Remember, I broke down, have, priests had to be cleansed, and then later down, it was uh, changed in the Bible to baptism, but that it was, means the same thing. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And also, this was also for the kingdom program. Okay, follow this closely. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Believe in what? What you just said. Believe that Jesus is the king and their Messiah. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. In his name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. I'm going to put languages there because that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about gibberish or glossolalia. He's talking about actual different languages. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues or they shall speak with new languages. They shall take up serpents and they shall, okay, they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them. They shall lay, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'm going to stop right there because that verse, very popular, famous verse. And I'm talking to the unsaved now because you, know, you probably heard this about salvation and some believers that's listening. Okay. Mark 16, 16, Mark, Mark 16 and 15 to 18 is a kingdom gospel salvation. It's not the gospel of the grace of God today under the Apostle Paul. This is the 12 gospel. This is under Jesus' earthly ministry. This is another administration. So, but many churches, about 95 to 98 percent of the churches preach this for salvation. And that's what the confusion comes in when it comes to salvation. I'm going somewhere, okay? I'm going somewhere. So, remember that go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. What gospel is the kingdom gospel? What was the kingdom gospel? The kingdom of believing that Jesus is the Messiah. Believing that Jesus is the foretold king that was prophesied back in time past and in the Old Testament. Jesus was prophesied all through the Bible from Genesis on down. You know, Jesus is prophesied. Some in symbols and some just openly saying about the Messiah. So that was always the first prerequisite that Israel had to believe that Jesus was their king under the kingdom program, even when they was going through the wilderness, even through the prophets, the Messiah, the Yeshua of Israel was prophesied. He was foretold to come. And then the kingdom came. They started talking about kingdom. Jesus laid his foundation. He told Peter on what he said, I think in Matthew 16 and 18, Jesus broke down. I could be quoting it wrong about Peter, about the church. Remember, it's also different churches in the Bible, and they have different administrations where God told them to move, going through the wilderness and even coming to the kingdom program. So I wanted to break that down. When you read these scriptures for the ones that listen to my show and listen to the teachers or you go to Connecting the Dots, where I will require you to go when you get saved, always remember this scripture that I'm reading now is not for today. It will not get you saved. And you will, you do, 
You do not have to be baptized in water. You do not have to. You can if you want to, but it doesn't mean anything. You don't have to be baptized in water. Speaking in different languages is not for today. It was for Israel. So when you look at Mark and Luke, uh, Mark, Matthew, excuse me, Mark, Luke, and John, think Israel, think kingdom. Let me say that again. When you think of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, think Israel, think Jesus' earthly ministry, and think kingdom. And I always know this is past tense. This is another administration. This is another dispensation. This is a time that the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, you have to repent. You have to be baptized for the remission of your sins to be saved, okay? All right. Always remember that. All right. I went there to go back here. Now, let's go to Ephesians 1 and 12. Let's go to Ephesians 1 and 12, okay? All right. This is some good stuff. This is very important. Um, I looked at this and the Holy Spirit was in my spirit teaching me about belief, about trusting, and about being really saved. And I thought uh, I need to really get into this, you know, and teach my listeners, believers and the unsaved. It'll help the believers in their witness that's in the body of Christ. And therefore, it'll also help, excuse me, the unsaved to understand what requirement is going to take for them to be saved. Excuse me, I have sinus issues and it happens when I start to talk. Now, probably not a lot of you notice that when I get to talking, I get clogged up. That's why you hear me grunting and snorting and everything. It sound like I'm snoring, but it, it, it's really because I get clogged up when I'm talking. I think it's a sinus issue that got to do with me when I get to talking, especially when I get to talking about the Bible. Wow, what a coincidence. Okay. Salvation. The salvation message is very important. How to be saved is very important. Listen to what I'm saying. How to be saved is very important because you hear many ways to be saved. I've talked about you hear about the Lordship salvation. You, you hear about uh, you must confess your sins. You hear about different ways. You must follow the Ten Commandments. You uh, you hear many ministers teach about that. You have to, you know, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to be baptized in water. You hear about evidence. One of the evidence or the evidence of being saved is speaking in tongues, etc., etc., etc. A lot of you that's listening probably heard that through denominational churches and undenominational churches that don't know how to rightly divide. I used to be one of them. Okay, all right. Let's, what how, uh, how to be saved. What must you do to be saved? The scriptures has always been right here in our eyes. I was going to say face, but our eyes, because it takes the eye to see, and it takes the head to understand, it takes the heart to believe. Okay, why did I say it like that? The eyes to see, the head to understand, and the heart to believe for salvation. Let me say this one, one more time. It takes the eyes to see, see what? The message and the gospel of salvation. It takes the head to believe it, and it takes the heart. I mean, it takes the head to understand it, and then it takes the heart, because you can understand what I believe in. So it takes the, it takes the head to believe it, and it takes the heart. I mean, it takes the head to understand it. Slow down, Joe. And it takes the heart, not the physical heart. But the spiritual heart, that the inner man or the future uh, 
uh, let me put it this way. When it comes to unsaved, you go, uh, you still have your soul. Your spirit is dead, but you still have your soul and your emotions. So once your soul and your emotions perceive that there's some truth in it and you receive it, that means you believe it. That's, that's when the flowers bloom, if you understand what I'm saying. Okay. Ephesians 1 and 13. I used to read this and just read it and read it and read it. But the Holy Spirit. Now, listen to when I say the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will lead you to all truth. Right. And he works through our spirit, not audible voices like he done in time past. He works through your spirit. He works through your spirit. It's up to us to listen. And the only way he can work through your spirit and teach you truth if you're reading your Bible, if you're studying your Bible, especially if you're studying and you're really paying attention, the Holy Spirit will help the believer understand the Bible. And things will open up even though you read these verses and scriptures over and over and never understood it. The Holy Spirit will bring it to light within you. Not with an audible voice, but he is, he is in your spirit. See, the Holy Spirit connects with your spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit connects with your spirit when you're a child of God. Okay. Let's read Ephesians 1 and 13. Now, a lot of you probably read this a lot, but let, let's read this again. Okay. This is very important. This is a special announcement. Very, very important when it comes. It's about salvation. All right. I'm going to start at 12. I'm going to read it just through 12 and 13. Read it real fast through like we, we usually do. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ and whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of the promise. Okay. Did you understand that? For the believer and for the unbeliever that's listening to this, did you understand that? If you have a Bible, hopefully the King James Bible, if not, that's okay. It's better translated out of the King James Bible. Let me read this again. Ephesians 1 and 12 and 13. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ and whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, this is the salvation message. This is a, one of the ways, to, uh, one of the verses in the Bible and this dispensation under the teachings of Paul, his 13 epistles. These are one of the verses of salvation. First Corinthians 15, 1 and 4 tell you plainly how to be saved today. It's not the same as the gospel message. Remember, you read Mark 16 of uh, how to be saved. And then I'm going to read first Corinthians 1 and 4 and I'm going to address do a verse by verse by verse analysis, and you can see this for yourself. Read both of them, and you're going to say they contradict themselves, because they do contradict themselves, but it's a good contradiction. Why? Because it's not the salvation of the gospel. It's the problem. It's a dispensational administration error with us. Okay? They do contradict. It's a lot of things in the Bible contradict themselves, not because the Bible is wrong, it's because we're not rightly dividing. Therefore, it's a good contradiction because it's true on each side, but it depends what administration you're in. I'm hoping I'm putting that plainly for your listeners. Um, I try not to get deep, but the Bible is so amazing. Okay, let me let me finish here. All right. When I read that Ephesians 1 and 12 and 13, I look back at it. That's when I got that auction from the Holy Spirit within me, telling my spirit, you know, and I have no doubt about that. You believe the Holy Spirit is talking to you through your spirit by what? By faith. 
You know, not because you're saying anything in your ears and I felt chill bumps and I seen stars. It has nothing to do with that. Because I know it didn't come from me. It's just because I was paying attention and the Holy Spirit just showed me this right here. Okay. This is an eye-opener. I know now, and I think, you know, and I think a lot of uh, ministers will agree with me that know how to rightly divide, especially grace believers, why a lot of people are not saved today by believing the true gospel of 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. So, okay, I thought that was a gospel. Yes, it is. Didn't they believe it? Okay, let me explain that. I, I already know why a lot of people is not saved today because they're following the Mark 16 and 15 to 18, which is not for today. A lot of them people, sadly to say, are not saved because they are following that. They believe that they had to believe Jesus was king, and it's good to know that he was king. But for salvation, that's not the way to be saved. Repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You will see a lot of contradictions, but with that and the teachings of the dispensation today, Jesus heavenly ministry is still the same Jesus, but it's just a different teaching But uh, what Jesus does between his heavenly ministry and his earthly ministry, okay? All right. Let me go back. Let me digress. This is this is profound to me, and it, it opened up my eyes. When I started reading the Bible and just reading it for myself and stopped listening to everybody else and having faith that the Holy Spirit can show me what his word is really saying, I'm not saying that a lot of teachers and ministers I listen to is wrong, but the Holy Spirit want to show you things, either confirm what they're saying or even you know, showing you something that they don't even know about, okay, when it comes to salvation. I'm not saying he picked me out. No, this is for anybody, anybody, any believer that wants truth, the Holy Spirit will show it to you. That's all I'm saying. All right, in the spirit, not in audible voices. Okay, Ephesians 1 and 13. Let's read this again. And whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also that ye believe you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, we already know that means the minute we believe the gospel of our salvation. What is the gospel of our salvation? The death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. After we are saved, and then we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We don't, have to, we don't have to repent. We don't have to be baptized. We don't have to speak in tongues. That's proven nothing on that. That's, that's all... Or gibberish that they got it mixed up with time past. True, but not for this dispensation no more. All we have to do is just believe in his death, burial, resurrection, and we will be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's all, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4, out of the teachings of the Apostle Paul for today. Okay. Now, if you take what I just read and read it slowly, It'll start coming to light. Now, this is for the believers. This will open up your spirit when you witness to somebody. Now, let me go back. A lot of people are not saved. And even though they believe in the death, burial, resurrection, they are not saved. It's still, even though they somewhat confessed it and said it, it's still, they still not saved because of what? It's not their sins. Their sins has been dealt with according to 2 Corinthians 5 and 19. They still not saved by reading that 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4 because of still what? Unbelief. 
So wait, whoa, 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 Joe. Joe, now, I thought all you grace teachers and all you dispensationalists, whatever like that, I thought you all you have to do according to that scripture is believe of what Jesus done on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. All you have to do is believe. First Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. That's all you have to do, believe. Yes, that's true. But remember, the word believe. The word believe is the same. The word is trust. You have to believe it. Okay? Let me let me tell you where I'm going. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is good. Why did I say this? This is, a, this is just a revelation in my spirit. I thank the Holy Spirit for that. Why people can sit up here and they and say that, that I believe in the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and still do not get saved and still will not be saved is because they're still in unbelief. Why? Part of it is because they believe it happened, but they don't believe it was for them. Let me say that again. They believe that there was a Jesus. They believe that Jesus died and rose again, but they don't believe it in a sense that he died for their sins or he died for our sins. You understand what I'm saying? It's just like I say, uh, I believe that car is red, but I just believe it. You know, I, it, it, it's, it's, it's like this. I, let, me, let, me, let me try to explain it this way. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday there's only one road into key west but you won't believe where it can take you travel back in time to a city rich with history discover amazing artists and musicians taste seafood fresh off the boat or just kick back and soak up the island vibe for more about key west visit flakeys.com key west close to perfect far from normal Belief is still the number one thing that's holding a person back from being saved, even though they know how to be saved now and they want to be saved. What's really still holding people back? Let me say that again. People still are not saved because of their unbelief, even though they know how to be saved by reading the verses. Okay, I can read a verse. I'm not going to read 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. And just say, yeah, I believe that was true. You understand what I'm saying? I can say, oh, I believe that was true. But do you receive it for salvation for your sins? You understand what I'm saying? Do you receive it to the point that you believe it and you receive it that this, this what he done can change your life of what he done uh 
what he done is the reason why your sins is being cleansed and forgiven before salvation. It's all about still your belief. It's an order. It comes to that trust factor to really be truly saved. It's going to always be about your belief, not just you saying it. You just can't say the gospel of salvation message and think that you are saved. You still have to believe why? Okay, another another point I want to make. Many people are not saved today because many people don't even understand who Jesus was. They just heard of him. They never knew what he done. So sometimes a person get coerced by a hard, aggressive witness. Or they get forced. And I'm guilty of that too. Of telling somebody, all you have to do is believe that and you are saved. They they saying to themselves, I can well, all I got to do is just say I believe it. Now listen to the words I say, say I believe it. Not really truly believing it. Because most people have never been never been explained to them who Jesus really was and why did he die. Most individuals still don't understand that part of the cross. They don't understand the cross. Okay? I'm going somewhere. Let, let me read Ephesians 1 and 13 slowly. Then it's going to open you up, hopefully, if you're paying attention, about why many people still even reading the gospel of salvation are still not saved. I'm not talking about the past, where to get saved, because you can't get saved that way anyway. I'm talking about the gospel of salvation today, which is very easy, you know, when you read it. But it's still going to take your belief. One way that a person is truly saved. Because remember, who do the saving? Who do the compelling? The Holy Spirit. Remember Paul said, I plant the seed. But Barnabas do the watering. But God does the increase. If God is not leading you, listen to what I'm saying, leading you in your inner person to be saved, nine times out of ten, you're not going to truly accept that he died for your sins. Unless you have been compelled by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not force you. Unless you really, you have been compelled by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit led you to a person or a certain church or a certain group. And you feel that hunger and you're not coming with the change. You're not going to be saved. So, oh, Joe, what do you mean by that? Okay. Most every true person that is saved today in their heart accepted Christ in their heart by believing in his death, burial, or resurrection because they wanted to change. They never just said, I wanted to stay the same. If they ever came their way and just said, I believe in it, but I don't want to change, they're still in unbelief. They're coming in their own requirement. They're, coming, they're trying to negotiate with God. Not literally, but it's almost like you're trying to negotiate with God. That's why you got to watch witnessing. That's why when you talk to somebody, you got to explain to them. You know, you know people say they don't have time, whatever, like that, blah, blah, blah. We ain't, we ain't the author of time. God is the author of time. So we don't worry about that. We must talk to a person and explain to them. You don't have to break down the whole Bible, but we must explain to you. If you're listening to me, the first thing I'm going to want to do is explain who Jesus was. Now, knowing who he was won't get you saved, but at least you'll know who he, who he was. And, then, and and explain to him why did he die on the cross. See, those are the ones that don't have no idea what Jesus was, let who Jesus was or what he done, let alone the ones that don't know who Jesus was, period. They just heard of his name. They just know he's supposed to have died on the cross. 
You follow what I'm saying? When an altar, a person is having an altar call, they're looking at the numbers. They're caught up in their emotions because they heard the music. They heard the, the strong, powerful preaching and something like that. And they heard that. So they, they're compelled by their flesh and their emotions. The only ones going to be really be accepted in the kingdom of heaven. And I mean the kingdom of heaven, literally, in the heavenly places, not the millennial reign. And the heavenly places, let me put it that way, the only ones that's really going to truly give their heart to Christ is the ones that has a repentant heart. Now, remember, repentant heart means a change of mind, not your sins, your sins have already been dealt with. That's what makes us reconcilers. Oh, so much I got to get up in here. <laughs> this is important, though. This explanation of how to be saved. I don't see too many people doing that. You know, you must have a repentant heart. You must have a change of heart. Let me make it plain. Your heart must say, I want to change. Not only you want to be saved from the wrath of God. That comes later. Yes, you want to get out of the wrath of God. You want to get tucking up in a rapture or the catching away. But you come with a change of heart. That way, therefore, your inner man, yourself, is open now to believe in what Jesus really done. You really believe it. Compared to a person just say, okay, I heard that. And all I got to do is say it and believe it. But not coming with a repentant change of heart. They're not really believing. That's why we have a lot of issues with seeing like a person, I thought they got saved acting the same way. And I'm not saying you're not going to do certain things, but you have to start comparing why people are not saved that you think they were saved. Even listen to the grace message of the gospel, which is a true uh, way to be saved today, the gospel of your salvation. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4. Okay. All right. Now, let's read Ephesians 1 and 13 slowly. And it's, it's, it's amazing because it's been here through the Bible thousands and thousands of years. But we just, sometimes we just miss I know I have missed it. Let me speak for myself. I have missed it. This is a format. This is a requirement. It's a heart requirement. It's a belief requirement. Not a conditional thing you got to do, but it is a belief as conditional, a belief for salvation. And then I'm going to 1 Corinthians 15, comes to fruition when you go this route. This is the route to be saved. <laughs> I have five sections here. One, two, three, four, five. A format a person that's not saved must do within himself to truly be saved. Okay. Ephesians 1 and 13. Reading. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. That we, who is we? The body of Christ. The church should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Who first trusted in Christ. First, you trusted in Christ. Not just heard of him. Not just to believe that was a Jesus. Not just to believe that Jesus lived. You trusted in Christ. Okay? Listen to what I'm saying. You, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the advocate. This is what I must do to be saved which I have done before I even knew this, trusted in Christ. I didn't only believe that there was a Jesus or anything like that. I trusted in Christ. And then 13 says, I hope you're reading with me out of the King James Version. If not, just go along with me, read back later. And then you trusted in Christ and whom you also trusted and whom you also trusted or after you have trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth. 
Now, I'm reading the same thing I run fat, read faster earlier, Ephesians 12 and 13. I'm reading it slowly. Look how it open up, opens up. Trusted in Christ. Then you go to 13, in whom he also trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth. After you trusted, you heard the word of truth. What is the word of truth? That's two. You heard the word of truth. Now, number three, I'm going to tell you what the word of truth is. The word of truth is the gospel of your salvation. You see that order? Trusting in Christ. After you trusted that, then you heard the word of truth. What is the word of truth? The gospel of your salvation. Continue reading. And whom also after that ye believed. See? <clears throat> this is good. You trusted in Christ. And whom after you trusted, then you heard the word of truth. What is the word of truth? The gospel of your salvation. So after you heard the gospel, gospel of your salvation, then after that ye believed. And then, this is the, the final one, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You see that order? You see that order? I got it broke down right here, then I'm going to let you go. You know, if you can't get this, you're really not paying attention. Let me break this down. How to really be saved, and I'm going to elaborate on that. First, the key is very important. First of all, you trusted in Christ. That's all you know. So you're still searching. Now, this is the Holy Spirit compelling you, showing, you know, compelling you and leading you to some truth. You know, not saying you're saved, but the Holy Spirit, the one who leads you to salvation. All unsaved people that's truly saved are led by the Holy Spirit to be saved. Whether they accept it then or not is on them, but they're still compelled and led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is the very important for number one. You must trust. Trust what? The word of truth. You already believe there was a Jesus. You must trust that. Then you must trust what else you must trust. You must trust the word of truth. What is the word of truth? You must explain what the word of truth is correctly to a person you're witnessing to. Don't just throw you must be saved, you must believe in his death, burial, resurrection. Explain the word of truth to them. You ain't got to go through the whole Bible or the, the whole salvation, but just explain it to it. Don't take much. Explain the gospel of your salvation. How do you explain it? You go to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Unless you got it in your heart, you can quote it by heart, but let them see it by, with their eyes themselves. Let them see it with their eyes themselves and read it. It's always good to let a person read it themselves, if you can, you know, or have them go to their Bible if you're talking to them on podcast or radio. Have them read it themselves. This is the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, okay? All right? So, the next one is number four. If you believe that truth, if, so if you believe this truth, okay, then you will be sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Believe what truth? The gospel of your salvation, how to be saved. You must believe it, and then you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Do you understand where I'm going with this? A lot of you probably are still kind of confused or whatever like that. This is taking longer than I thought, but this is very important. I want people to be saved. I want them to understand the gospel. The only thing, yes, is holding you back from being saved today is your unbelief. Many people hear me talking about this. You just believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. You already know how simple it is to be saved. But, at, you know, a lot of you are still on the fence because you still don't believe it. 
You still think you got to change this. You still stuck and you got to repent of sins, which is, you know, nothing. Repent means change your heart. You still know it. You, you know that's the way to be saved. But you still don't believe it. It's still your unbelief. Knowing it and telling people about it, that's the only thing you got to do to be saved will not get you saved. Believer, in the future, and I'm including myself as well, in the future, when you have a one-on-one or you were just ministering to somebody about Jesus, let them explain them who Jesus was or what Jesus done. You have to explain that before they can believe it because a lot of them don't know who Jesus is. They heard of him. They don't know why he died on the cross. Therefore, they go question why they need to believe that. If they don't have no trust in Christ, period, or don't, they don't even believe that he was the son of God or anything like that, that's not even the further teachers of the doctrine or the sound doctrine that's taught by the Apostle Paul uh, through Jesus. They, If they don't have no type of little small foundation or basic foundation who Jesus was, why are they going to completely give their heart to someone they don't know nothing about? You know, that's why when we witness to somebody, the Holy Spirit knows which ones that are really witnesses. We have no idea. I cannot tell somebody really say when they come up there. Only God knows. Only God knows. It's not on us to, you know, just to say, okay, I'd rather they say it or not. Let's leave that alone. Let's go to the next person. But it is up to us to be ambassadors to reconcile someone to the cross. Who's who's the cross? Paul's message was always about the cross, not the law, not conditions. It was about the cross. We must preach and teach the cross. Very important. Not him being still being on the cross, him being off that cross. That's what got a lot of people messed up, even a lot of Catholics. They always look at Jesus still on that cross. You got to keep having a cross in your hand and him on the cross bleeding and everything. No, Jesus is not on that cross anymore. That's gone. See? That, 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 that don't save you looking at him on the cross. No. Or letting him on in the heart or praying him on the cross. He's not on that cross anymore, people. He's not on that cross anymore. He's in the heavenly places helping us to learn how to reconcile others. How do we reconcile to others? What are we supposed to go to when we're talking to the world? We are going there to tell them the good news. If you read 2 Corinthians 5 and 19, it's also a format. We are reconcilers. We go there. And we tell them, first of all, that God is wanting to reconcile you. And we tell them how. First of all, your sins has already been forgiven. So God made a way for you to be saved now. That's the first thing we need to tell about it, tell somebody we're witnessing. I'm giving you something right here. You know, this is revealed to me through my spirit. You know, we must, they must know, first of all, that they're sinners. Because people need to be educated. When it comes to the Bible, because they've been they've been mocked up and beat up so bad in Bible and denominational churches and by people, mom, dads, cousins, everybody. We must tell them, first of all, and we must explain to them, go to Romans 3 and 23 and go to uh, the uh, uh, books of Rome where they talk about Christ committed his love. Oh, he proved that he loved us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. He committed his love or he commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Explain those things to him. Why did Christ die for you? Why you need to be saved? Now, this is part of the witnesses. It's a story. That's going to open up their thinking, open up their mind. Okay? Okay, this will open up their mind and then open up their heart. We are reconcilers. We tell them that their sins have already been taken care of. 
We explain to them it does not mean that they are saved. It's up us to us. It's up to us. Excuse me, tongue and tie. I'm getting excited. That we explain to them that you already have been forgiven because they are so messed up on forgiving. They think they are so bad and so messed up and they just so chopped up that ain't no way. You know they are. They are forgiven. Some of them confused. They think being forgiven means that they're saved. No, being forgiven is just mean you've been forgiven. That means you've been forgiven of all the sins, past, present, and future that you have done. But it does not mean that you are saved. That's part of us being an ambassador. It's a format. We must tell them about Christ so Holy Spirit can have something to work with. We must, those are the ones that he haven't worked with already. The ones he really worked with, you can tell because they're asking questions. They're asking questions. Who is Jesus? You know, why did he do that? They're asking questions. You might not win them that that uh that that particular time, you know. And I always remember it's not about you, it's about Christ. It's not about you. How many people you want. It's about the Holy Spirit compelling them and how much they open up my heart. It's still gonna take them to open up their heart. God is no force none on no one. So we must tell them we must tell them the reconciliation is telling them that their sins has already been forgiven. Now they have a way to be saved, to be reconciled to God. Okay, they must understand that they're a sinner and their sins are already been forgiven. So, you know, there's no penalty against the sins you have done, you know, has nothing to do with your salvation, has nothing to do with that. Now you have a chance to be saved by believing that Jesus done that, done what? That he died for your sins, that your sins have already been taken care of and he saved you from that. You must believe that. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday not just believe about saying it you must really believe he done that if you're doubting and if you're on a fence or whatever like that that's unbelief god is not going to make you believe he's not going to force you believe he's not just going to even save you because you just say okay i heard of that i can believe that happened no it's not about you can believe that happened you have to really accept it you have to receive it when it comes to salvation or you just believing and still going to hell now you understand what I'm saying. So it's up to us as ambassadors, as men and women of God. When we have that opportunity, and God will make that opportunity. Stop trying to say, oh, we need to do blah, 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 blah. You know, like Kool-Aid in a blender. No, God will make that opportunity. We're not going to be able to save everybody. But God will make that opportunity. He knows the ones that's coming for a change compared to the ones that's just trying to get a free ride. Just thinking they can just say it. And believe that's the sin of scripture or believe that there was a Jesus and that believe, yeah, that can happen. Or they, they, they just, just believe that, yeah, I believe Jesus died and, uh, and rose again. But they're not saying they want him in their life. They're not saying they believe to the point that he forgave them all their sins. They're not saying that they just, they're just saying they believe it happened. And they're sincere, but they're still not saved because they don't believe the full picture. They don't believe Christ done it for them. You follow what I'm saying now. Format. You must trust. Trust what? The word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4. And after you believe that truth, then you will be saved and then you will be sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. All at one 
time. You don't have to wait to be baptized in water, nothing like that. That's time passed, and that was only for Israel. It was never for the Gentiles. It was for Israel, okay? You follow me? I hope you are getting this, believers. I'm, do, I'm trying to teach you some because it's teaching me. Like I always say, as I learn, I teach. And as I teach, I learn. I, I mention that a lot in Connecting the Dots. As I learn, I teach. As I teach, I learn. This is Bible study on Body of Christ Real Talk. You usually get something like this on Connecting the Dots, you know. But I want to go more verse when it comes to that. You can find these scriptures yourself. Remember, let's read this again. And whom ye also trusted. Remember, in whom he also trusted, let's go in context, because I like context, is very important. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Remember, I read from first, I mean, Ephesians 1 and 12 and 13. And whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And whom also that after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That we should be at the praise of the glory who first Trusting in Christ. You got to trust in Christ. More than just knowing about him historically. You got to trust in Christ. And whom after that you trusted, you heard the word of truth. Okay. What was the word of truth? The gospel of your salvation. Let's explain to them the gospel of salvation. That must be explained. Not just say he you got to believe he died, he died and he was buried and he rose again for your sins. No, we got to explain what happened on the cross and what that meant. We need to explain that to people we're ministering to, okay? And whom also, after you believe that the gospel is your salvation, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, ye, he talking about the believers. That's how the ones that Paul was talking about, they already saved. That's how they got saved. See, he telling them, this is the way you got saved. This is the way I got saved. This is where a lot of believers, especially uh, mainly grace believers, got saved by going in this format. It's belief, 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 belief. I believe that was Jesus. I believe in the word of truth. I believe in what he done on the cross. And I have an understanding of what happened on the cross. I might have it. I might not understand the full flesh, but I know why he died for my sins. And after I believe that, I was saved and I was sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You will not be filled or sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise if you're in unbelief period so here's the long point here's the long gist of this message that's very important when it comes to salvation listen closely listen closely you cannot be saved just by saying I believe that Jesus died for my sins and was buried and rose again. You have to receive it. You understand what I'm saying? You have to receive it. Not just saying it. Not just saying it. You can sit up there and just try to use a stupid analogy, but it's stupid. You could just say, yeah, I believe that's fried chicken. Oh, it smells good and everything like that. But if you don't eat it, you'll never get the full benefit. You understand? I know that's a stupid analogy, <laughs> but I'm silly. You'll never get the full benefit. You can believe it. And still don't believe it. No, I, I don't want to take that, but I believe it's good. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I believe it got nice texture, but I don't want that. Healthy food. I believe it's healthy for me, but I don't want that. You know, but I believe it's healthy for me. You'll never get that healthy benefit of it. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? I believe if I lift these weights, I believe, yeah, it will. I will grow muscles. I will be in good shape if I eat this good health food and work out. But no, I don't want to do that now. Blah, blah, blah. No, you don't believe it that much. You're still in unbelief. You don't believe it's for you. 
you make up all kinds of excuses. I don't, I don't want to change this. I'm not ready to give up that. So you, you're going wholeheartedly and nonchalant. You want to go to heaven. Yeah, you want to go to heaven. I don't doubt that you want to go to heaven, but you still don't want to believe in God's way you say, in the way God said you need to believe. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? So you believe, but you don't believe. You believe it happened, but you don't believe enough, believe it enough to receive it. You understand what I'm saying? So a lot of times when we have witnessed, and like I say, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. When we witness to everybody, a lot of them are not really saved because they not they haven't really received that they was coerced or they felt like they was forced by fear or something. So a lot of them still lost on Jesus and they never really believed. Only God knows. Let me say that only God knows if a per He knows a person's inner man. He knows a person's heart to get saved. Not you and I. It's just for us to tell them about the gospel. The gospel is not just only believing in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's to explain, explain it to them what happened. Because some people need an explanation. Some don't. Those who want the Holy Spirit felt he compelled them. Those who want the Holy Spirit felt, you know, not felt, but knew that their hearts was open. Holy Spirit don't compel you by your opinion. He know when your heart is open already. That don't mean you're going to get saved, but he know it's up to you to just decide and choose by faith yourself. But the Holy Spirit compels that person, and it's up to us. They might get it. They might have it planted in them in the format that Paul talked about. Then they go to, they look around, then it might be take a Barnabas. Not literally, but it might be me. It might be you. It might be that Barnabas that water it. That means we feed them more. The seed is planted. How to be saved or who Jesus was. So Barnabas done the water. He planted. He he broke it down. See? He broke it down and explained it to him more clearly. So, you know. And then after that, it's all up to the Holy Spirit. It's all up to the Not you and I. It's all up to the Holy Spirit. And if them, their hearts are open, it's up to their person or young man or young lady to accept that truth. If they go in there half-heartedly and still kind of nonchalant about it, they will not be saved because it's still believing. Believing is not simple as we make it sound because most people is not going to believe in any person that they don't know too much about. They just heard about it. They're not. Okay? They're just not. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians itself. 15... One to four, and read the gospel. And I probably never really done this like I should. I just say you have to believe that. So I'm guilty of that myself, and I thank God for just talking to me and letting me know within my spirit, you know, not audible. I keep saying it because I hear too many people on YouTube talking about God told them this. No, it's your spirit. God worked a perfect Holy Spirit working in an imperfect vessel. And he just told me how to read scriptures now. I must read it slowly and literally. I must learn how to connect the dots. I must learn what the, what, what the word is really saying now and who and whom God is talking to when it comes to his Bible. That's why I went to Mark 16 first. That was the requirement for them. One, two, three, bam. Believe that Jesus was their Messiah. Repent for the remission of their sins. Be baptized in water. It was the format. The format for us today is only belief. But believing is more than just believing and happen. We must receive it. We must receive it. An unsaved person must truly in his heart receive it. Okay? And truly in his heart receive it. God knows who the ones that's truly honest and truly looking for a changed life. 
Because if you're not looking for a changed life, you not you will not truly and believe accept Jesus as your Savior by believing in His death, burial, resurrection. Let me say that again. When you a person, always remember. It's about that person. It's not about you. It's about that person. It's still going to take their belief. If they're not coming with a child, a, a contrite heart, a broken heart, or a repentant heart, when they, when you witness to them, they're not going to truly accept them. They're just going to say it, but they feel most of the time they, they're doing it because they want to make you feel better, not them. You coerce them or you and I force them, they feel. And they say, yeah, I can believe that. So you believe that? Yes, yeah, just repeat out to me. I believe in the death, burial, resurrection. I believe in the death, burial, resurrection. They still go living like hell because they, they just done it for your benefit, not theirs. And then you got the ones, they want to go as far as just believing they just can say it and believing in a way that it happened. Now, believing that it happened and receiving it that it happened to change your life is two different things. So if that's why I say if you're not going for a changed heart to change something in your life, I'm not saying you have to change before. No, I'm saying you're looking to change. True salvation. I'm going to keep putting emphasis on that. People that truly got saved, got saved because they wanted a change in life, not stayed the same. You don't want to continue smoking that reefer. You don't want to continue living in fornication. You don't want to continue living in pornography. I'm not saying you're not going to struggle with it. You didn't want to stay that way. They want to be saved. They didn't have no understanding because they thought that was slowing them down for salvation anyway was their sins. So that's why they come. They want those sins taken away. Even though they don't know that those sins was already dealt with already. It's up to us to educate them as ambassadors. Now, that is true salvation. We need to change our witness. We need to be patient with people. God is in charge, not us. We need to be patient and explain salvation to people. That's why I put a lot of teaching on salvation in my podcast. Because we... We... Teach and preach salvation so loosely sometimes, sometimes so aggressively and cocky and arrogantly. A lot of us grace teachers do. It's still going to take that person's belief. It's taking more than just saying it. It takes more than just saying it. You have to believe it and you have to receive it. Your proof of believing it is receiving it in your life. Not just say, okay, I believe it, but I don't want it in my life. So I still go to heaven just by believing it? No. <laughs> you might, I might be funny, but people really believe that. All I got to do is believe that Jesus died and was buried and rose again and I'm going to go to heaven? No, it don't stop there. You have to receive it. Oh, just like you got to receive that he took care of all your sins. You got to receive it. Now, the difference is receiving that he took care of all your sins. Whether you believe it or not, and whether you receive it or not, your sins are still taken care of. But when it comes to salvation, that's another cookie right there, baby. That's another cookie. You can just disbelieve him. You you don't have to believe that he took care of your sins. That ain't going to change anything. That ain't going to make it so. Make it not so. Your sins are still dead with. You don't even have to receive it. Your sins have already been forgiven. You already have been forgiven. God don't God don't go back like that. That's already been done on the cross. The part that's stopping you now is your belief that he done that for you. That the belief that he took care of that. And you just don't do it by saying it, by believing it. You believe it by receiving it. To change you. It's all about you changing your life. Not just believing it happened. You got to receive it so you can get the benefit of it for salvation. Other than that, you're not saved. Okay. All right. I'm going to finish right there. I cannot explain this no better and everything. But, you know, 
believers, and it helped me a lot. This is what, not a conviction, but this is something that lift me up. That not in not in not in uh, in a braggadocious way or in a cockiness way or arrogant way, but it, it it helped me to understand why a lot of people are are going to hell today. They're not really saved. They was either forced or coerced or just believing and saying that. Study just believing it and receiving it. A lot of people never understood who Jesus was. They heard about Jesus in the Bible. I could talk to people now. They don't know too much about Jesus, let alone being saved. They don't. I talked to a guy a few months ago, and I was asking about that. He proof was being, and this is proof in the pudding. He he knows he believes a lot of things in the Bible happened. You know, and still in his side, he really believed if he do good and whatever like that, and he believe in those things happen, he will go to heaven. No. You have to receive it for you. You have to receive it for you. If that's the case, everybody be going to heaven. You know, you can go anyway to heaven. You know, everybody go to heaven. They just believe it that it happened. You have to receive that. It's a receiving. It's more than just only believing. Believing and receiving go together. So some things the Bible is not going to break down exactly. That belief, if you read the Bible and you read the teachings of Paul, you know it takes more than just just blah 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 blah. It's receiving. It's all about your faith. God moves by your faith. He know if you really mean it or not. He's not just going to let you in heaven because you're trying to sneak in there or sideways and don't care nothing about Jesus. You just confessing that you believe that He done it, but you're not receiving it. Receive your faith is your proof of by receiving it. That's why if you're not going with a change or a contrite or a repentant heart, which means changing heart or changing in your mind before that, you're not going to truly believe the salvation message. Therefore, you're still going to be unsaved, but your sins will be still forgiven, but your, your forgiven sins don't get you to heaven. You still go to hell with forgiven sins. You will have to enter the next dispensation if you die or whether you die or not. And the next dispensation, which is the seven-year tribulation, grace is gone, your sins will start back over so you would be charged with every sin that you have done in the next dispensation. But as long as you end this dispensation and this administration, your sins will not be going against you. After the tribulation or through the tribulation, yes, your sins will be charged against you again because the law comes back to effect. Damn. Well, there is no law, there is no sin. Let me say that again, like the book of Romans. Wherever there is no law, there is no sin because there is no law to break. So get the free gift now. God bless you all. This is Joseph Brownlee, a body of Christ, real talk. Straight out real talk. Come on, saints. Come on, grace believers. Let's be patient and explain to people what happened on their cross the best way we can. God is in charge, not me and you. God is in charge. Salvation is for today. It's still not promised today the minute or whatever. But God knows already the ones that's going to accept it and the ones is just, you know, fate jaking. God already knows, okay? So let's stop worrying about that. God is in charge when it comes to witness to somebody. Take our time. We just can't be... We really need to be with Jesus Christ and believe in his death, burial, resurrection. I was guilty of doing that. And you shall be saved. A lot of people don't know who Jesus was. They don't know why they need to be saved. They let alone to be a sinner. That's why they just take it out of fear. They just coerce and they just believe it. They, they've been talked into it, believe that it happened, but never receives it. So therefore, there's still an unbelief.
bone. Okay. God bless you. Love you all. I love you. Until the next time, this is Joseph Brownlee. I love you. God bless you. Peace out. You already know what it takes to be saved. Now, I don't even have to say it. This is not an altar call. This is a belief call. God bless you. Bye-bye. Love you all. Let's out. know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions and it's because that occasional shave really hurts it's the time of year for big occasions and yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor let's help him out henson shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life how's that for the perfect gift Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.